0: welcome to the style stories podcast with me your host personal stylist lisa gilby i've been a personal stylist in london for almost 15 years now and on this podcast i share my tips and tricks to get a really great wardrobe that you love a wardrobe that has less clothes but more outfits that really speak to you and suit your personal style this week on the podcast i was joined by a fellow podcast host emma lightbound is the host of off the hanger podcast i know i actually joined her on that podcast last week so make sure you have a little listen to that because it was so nice for me to actually be a guest for once instead of being the host on my own podcast and emma asked me lots of questions about my own personal style which was kind of a bit of an eye-opener for me to be honest so that's called off the hanger podcast and you can find that on apple or anywhere you listen to your podcast today we are discussing the different types of stylists that you can find so i'm a personal stylist emma's done a lot of editorial styling which is a different approach we discuss that but we also talk about how the landscape of shopping has changed emma's personal style and where she loves to shop so let's get on with the main part of the show and i hope you enjoy today's episode so today on the podcast i'm delighted to have emma lightbound emma is a stylist, a presenter, and also the host of her own podcast, Off the Hanger, which is also a fashion-related podcast. As always, I'm going to get Emma to introduce herself, but today is going to be really focused around style and fashion. I've done quite a few business podcasts lately, so I'm excited to get back into just talking about fashion and style purely today. So welcome, Emma. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. It's very exciting to chat with you. So Emma, you have a lot of hats and you you have have different things that you do, work-related things. I know that you used to be a model as well. Uh, Would you like to just introduce yourself and explain what it is you do?
1: Yes, so I am 41, almost 42. I've worked in the fashion industry since I was 17. As you say, I started my career as a model and did that for oh my goodness, nearly 17 years. And then I had my son and I knew that I wanted to start moving away from modeling. I loved the opportunities that it gave me, the experiences, the places that I'd been. But I always knew that I was a really creative person. I always love creating things, making things. And quite often as a model, you are seen and not heard, (laughs) your opinion is not wanted. And I have always had an opinion and always wanted to share. So that was always a bit of a struggle for me on set to stand there very quietly watching everybody else having an opinion and me not being able to have an opinion. And so I'd started doing bits of styling before my son was born, but then I made quite a conscious decision when he was born in 2014 that I wanted to just do styling and presenting and not model anymore and i very occasionally will go back and do bits of things because my son models now and so often i'll do mother and son things with him but where possible i try and avoid um but yeah so i've been styling now since about 2010 uh probably full-time since maybe 2014 2015 and i just love it so i'm a commercial advertising stylist so i tend to work on ad campaigns, TV commercials, uh, socials, projects. I do the occasional bit of celebrity stuff. I occasionally will do bits of editorial, but I'm not massively into the editorial side of things, but it means my clients vary wildly from uh, fashion brands to sportswear brands to yesterday I was doing a set build and set styling for a bath so it's always very very varied but my kind of theme is that I just want to work with nice people so I don't care if we're shooting a bath or if we're shooting the latest fashion collection for whatever brand I just want to work with
0: really great teams making great things I mean that's so interesting I'm really interested to to know how this works because Both of us are stylists, but very different kinds of stylists. So, you know, you've mentioned editorial styling. So editorial styling is styling for magazines, you know, that kind of thing and creating images for brands. Mm -hmm. But again, you're working in the advertising and TV. So you'll get a brief of how to how to style the person, I guess, in in the adverts. I'd like to know a bit more about that, because what I do Is I work with people, you know, people with everyday lives. I work with a lot of professionals. I work with varying body shapes, different style personalities. Um, You know, that's really important. Different jobs, different lifestyles. So, you know, I would dress a corporate lawyer very differently to a film director. You know, you have to really take that into account. And it's very individual person. So I'm a personal stylist and I wouldn't dress people in my own style because I wouldn't be a very good stylist. You you've got to you've got to really get to the person's essence and then find the perfect clothes for them. So how does your how you know, I guess you have to stick quite tightly to the brief. How does it work from your styling perspective?
1: So it really does vary client to client. I will have certain clients that come to me with a very specific brief and an idea in mind. And sometimes I am right there with them and I think that that's the perfect thing. And other times I will try and guide them just based off my experience and expertise to something that I feel might be slightly more suitable. I am always the stylist that turns up with what I would call a wild card. So if a client's given me a very specific brief, but I don't think it's quite right, I will always have at least one wild card to go. Oh, actually, should we maybe try this instead? Um, just because I think sometimes the people who are coming up with the briefs aren't necessarily the people with the most experience or expertise in my area. So a prime example is that a lot of the times I will be working with clients or creatives who don't really know much of anything about fashion. And it's my job to kind of guide them. And basically, that is what they're paying me for. They're paying me not just for turning you up on the day, bringing the clothes, you know, steaming everything, making sure people look nice. It's actually my expertise and experience of many years of creating kind of adverts and campaigns to guide them into what is appropriate and
0: what isn't appropriate. Yeah. So where do you actually get the clothes? Do you get those through PR? You have to get the clothes. It varies.
1: So if it's an editorial job, then everything tends to come from designers and PRs because they are getting something in return. They're getting credited in the magazines. So they are getting a sort of payment, as it were. Um, When it comes to advertising shoots, that doesn't work because nobody is crediting the clothes that you see in the latest car commercial. Uh, how it works for that is they give me a buying budget and I will go out and buy everything. And then sometimes I have to have things made. Sometimes it's you know sourcing really specific things. Um, And then I will buy everything, bring it all to the shoot. We'll use whatever we use and anything that we don't use can then be returned. And I tend to work with a lot of clients who are really good in that when there are a lot of things left over from shoots because there often is. Sometimes, you know, I've got a cast of maybe 10 or 12 models and they've all had three or four outfits each. So the amount of clothing that is then left over from that shoot. So I tend to work with clients who I give them options. They can either take the clothes afterwards themselves and deal with it. Quite often they have a little field day in their office where everybody comes and grabs something. Um Or I work with a lot of charities. So I tend to try and encourage my clients not to landfill things, not to just dump it on me with the idea of, oh, but we might one day use it again because I don't have that level of storage to store everything for every client. So I try and encourage them to donate it to charities, whether that is um, women's shelters. There's a lovely uh, menswear uh, charity that I've worked with and I've actually been done styling sessions for and they provide interview clothing for long-term unemployed men whether that's people who have just not been able to find a job have got mental health issues have just been released from prison and they basically come have a styling day and you get them a load of suits and outfits for them to wear to their interviews and then they go off and um, and they're fully reliant upon donations so anything that I can do from my very wasteful industry (laughs) to try and help that and encourage us to be a bit better and a bit more sustainable. I'm always really pushing clients in that direction.
0: That the woman that runs that charity isn't called Maria, is it? Just Maria, lovely Maria, I, suited and booted. Suited and booted because I've been asked to, to get involved in that actually. So I'm gonna, I'm going to do that. I'm gonna give a couple of days a month to go and do some oh, stuff. It. It's yeah, such a good charity. All the people that
1: come in are just so wonderful, and the impact that you can have on those people obviously you know that as a personal stylist but the difference when these people come in and they're all quite insular and quite shy and you know you have to pull out the conversation with them what it is that their job interview is going for and you know measuring them up and then the moment that they look at themselves in the mirror in the suit and some of them a lot of them have never worn a suit let alone owned a suit before and they stand there and they look at themselves and they're difference in their posture and their confidence and they
0: like they know that they're going to get that job it's just the most incredible feeling I think I would I would cry I'd get tearful I'd be <laughs> like mum like set, setting your kid off on the first day of school but that's
1: been a, a few where I'm like oh I'm a bit weepy I
0: might have to just yeah. you know <laughs> my little birdie I'd be like <laughs> um so do you get given so when you get a brief For a brand to create an advert or whatever, and say you've got, do you get given characters? So this person is a is a mum on the run, or what what sort of? It very
1: much varies. So a lot of clients will give me very specific brief with very specific characters and their backstory. A lot of the times, I'm just given the scenarios in which they will be within the commercial or within the shoot, Uh, and so it's up to me to interpret you know, who that person is. A lot of uh, clients that I work for are property developers, so big uh, housing developments. And so it will be, are these first-time buyers, are these affluent uh, people upsizing and getting a much bigger house, are they downsizing because the kids have flown the nest and they're now retiring. It's all these little bits of who the characters are and then I dress them accordingly and is getting the balance very much right of you know are these first-time buyers yes well then she's not wandering about with a you know three thousand pounds gucci handbag she's going to have something that's slightly more realistic and affordable because for me i always want the consumer or the customer to look at the work that i've styled and find it relatable yes there's going to be shoots that we do that are aspirational and over the top and avant-garde and particularly in editorial but for advertising I want people to look at those people in the advert and
0: see themselves not be alienated by them that's I mean it's storytelling through clothes and you know it's a really powerful thing and this is why I you know preach about the importance of Dressing well, but dressing how you want to be perceived as well. So you can use clothes as a tool to get you places at work. So, you know, if you're working in a a big law firm and you want to be taken very seriously, it pays to pay attention to what you're wearing. And, you know, when we're watching things like films, we have to believe in that character. If you don't believe in the character, you're not going to be invested in, in the movie. If you're watching an advert and they're trying to sell you something, you've got to be... Relate if they're aiming at you, that person's got to be relate relatable to you. So it's storytelling through clothes, which is just a really really powerful thing. And you know that that sort of brings me on to personal style, which is why it's it's so important to get to know your personal style. So I'm going to ask you about your personal style in a minute. But I just first of all wanted to talk a bit about how. the the landscape of shopping has changed you know where we buy clothes you're a busy working mum you wear a lot of hats you've got a lot of things going on and I know that you love your fashion so where do you shop what are your go-to brands and and how do you shop nowadays because loads of shops have closed on the high street the landscape's changed so how are you shopping now so I tend to shop in two
1: quite different ways and it really depends on What I'm shopping for. So, if I'm shopping for a purpose, for a specific piece, I tend to shop online. So, for example, if I know that I've squatted down in my favorite trousers and I've ripped them in half and I want to replace those and I know it's a very certain thing that I'm shopping for, I do tend to shop online. Uh, I am a master at shopping online i would consider if there was a degree in it that i could be passing that with flying colors just purely because of the amount of time i spend shopping online for jobs so i do tend to shop online quite a lot i love uh vintage and ebay and resale sites for that kind of treasure hunting feel but if it's something very specific then i know that i can just type it into Google, find, you know, the brands that I like, and then um we'll go that way. If I'm not shopping for something in particular, and I'm just, I've just got the itch. I've just got the urge. I just want to go look around. I'm going to just see if there's anything that I kind of fancy. I'm a huge fan of just going and wandering around the shops. I love TK Maxx for a good treasure hunt. I think for me, that's a big thing, actually, within my shopping style. It's the dopamine hit of a reward, the reward of finding that one-off kind of unique piece. And so I actually shop at a lot of sample sales. I love a good sample sale, but they all have that kind of thing in common. Sample sales, TK Maxx, Vinted, eBay. It's that treasure hunting feel. So when I find that thing that I then love and that I then buy, I feel I'm not only getting the benefits and the reward of owning that thing and it looking great and me feeling fabulous in it but the fact that I found it it's like a little extra cherry on the top to me I don't know what it says about me but it's it's just the way I really enjoy shopping
0: it's that uniqueness though isn't it it's having something that no one else has got yeah and I think possibly that is it
1: I love so I have always felt like I'm different um and part of that is being a redhead, you know, a blue-eyed redhead. We are less than 2% of the world's population. I'm a blue-eyed redhead. Exactly. We are the rarest of rare breeds. Oh! Less than 2% of the entire world's population are blue-eyed redheads. We're special. special. Yeah. Very, very special. So I've always felt like I was quite different to everybody else. I didn't fit in with everybody else at school. Everybody else, you know grew up in the 90s 90s teenager everybody else could put sun in in their hair and it would all go blonde and it'd look really great i put sun in in my hair and it would go tango orange 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 oh orange so i never felt like i was one of those girls that could just fit in and my my figure wasn't like everybody else's i was very very skinny I never got boobs and still never got any boobs. So whereas everybody else was suddenly developing and they had boobs and things and there's blonde hair that they could have, that was just never me. And so I think because I've always felt quite different, I think that's maybe why I like the idea of having one-off things because they're different like me.
0: (laughs) Yes, and that uniqueness, absolutely. I can can understand that. I can't understand enjoying shopping in TK Maxx though, I'm afraid, I don't.
1: love it it's it's a rummage you've got to be in the right frame of mind you can't just go in there looking for a specific thing because that's never ever going to happen you've got to be in a certain frame of mind wearing the right level of clothing as well this is a real important thing to me if i am going shopping is that i have to be wearing the right thing to shop in because if i get hot and flustered and then I'm having to carry my coat and then I've got hangers and things or a basket the stress is just far too much which is why I think I do shop online quite a lot because I know that it will get delivered to my house and I can try it on in the comfort of my own home with all of my things that I'd want to wear it with but with also the mirror that I trust because I look in that same mirror every day so I know that that mirror is an accurate accurate representation of what I think I look like whereas I think when you go into changing rooms I'm like is that what I look like is my bum that big I don't think my bum's that big so yeah I like to do things at home where I have the same the same lighting the same mirror the same setup so I think I can give things a you know a fair judgement
0: and also relax but also crucially you can see what what it works with that's in your existing wardrobe as well because you've got that to hand exactly But also it's the return, you know, I do in a lot of my kind of uh, marketing stuff, I talk about the pain of returning things if you shop online. But at the end of the day, what's worse, buying something in a shop, changing your mind than having to trudge back to the shop or just going to every or, you know, a local newsagents or post office and returning it. It's become more and more convenient because there's been such a boom in online shopping. You know, this is why... It's a bit sad to me my local um Jigsaw is closing down. I'm not a huge fan of Jigsaw, you know. I'm I buy the odd thing. I think they've got beautiful cashmere. Um I just find it's not really my style, but I'm still sad that the shop is closing down in Dulwich village. Because what's it going to look like in a few years? It's nice to have a few shops around that you can go and have a browse if you want to and all that that sort of thing. You know, what are they all going to be boarded up and it's just going to be flats our high street is going to be flats you know that to me is quite sad but you know it's definitely changing
1: it really is and i think where i live there isn't we don't have any kind of unless you're counting asda we don't have any fashion shops on our high street but what we do have is the best selection of charity shops we've got like five or six absolutely killer charity shops they just have the best things in them I don't know where it's all coming from because I don't see people walking around the town that I live in looking that stylish. But when I go in these charity shops, I'm like, wow, it's all here. This is great. Um, But I'm quite close to Blue Water. But even in Blue Water, I've noticed a huge portion of empty units. Yes, mm. yes, there have been some new things open and things have moved like the Uniqlo has moved and is now in a much bigger retail space. But there's so many empty spaces that weren't empty before and brands that have just disappeared. And I think it is the high street's really important. It's really important for us to be able to shop online and to go into store. And I love uh, I love shopping online, but it's really important to shop in person. To be able to go into store, and I think particularly as women, we are tactile shoppers. The touch mm. and feel of something is vitally important. I cannot bear anything itchy. There's certain fabrics that I just can't wear, and one of these people I have to cut labels out of everything because ju- they just wind me up, and just I can feel them just rubbing against me. And so I think it's really important to be able to go and touch and feel. Clothes And yes, I might not try on in store because I don't like the kind of the shopping experience of trying on in store. But the idea of going and wandering around. Yeah, it's it's a therapeutic thing to me. It is it's, you know, retail therapy. Yes, it is a kind of a cliched slogan but it is therapy if I'm having a, an off day and I just fancy a little wander around the shops I might not buy anything but just the inspiration of wandering around all these beautiful things and seeing the ad campaigns in the window and all the you know the collateral that people have created within my industry I think is really really inspiring just to go and have a nice nice
0: wander around the shop so it'll be really missed if we get rid of a I love it. I mean, it's retail therapy. That's why they call it, you know, you get the dopamine hit, um, you know. Um, we shouldn't we shouldn't consume so much. We have had 40 years of consumerism, you know, and I know obviously it's bad for the planet and all that kind of thing. But it's also, you know, shopping is a leisure activity as well. And, you know, sort of go and get a nice coffee, go and have a browse around the shops. Um, you know, what I would love to see would be more... Independent shops, but the climate is is hostile. I would say mm-hmm. to you know, I, I personally the thought of opening a shop now, I would be very worried about doing that because I just think that because of the rents so high and you know people are shopping online, so it's interesting to see how it's all going to change. I mean, with you know eBay and things like that. So I've got a few brands that are I'd say more premium. So Anina Bing is one that I love, LA-based brand. So I would shop on eBay to go and get her. Stuff because I don't really have the budget to buy her 500 pound blazers and you know things like that, so I would use eBay for that kind of thing. But yeah, I I miss a browse, I love a browse. I think there is a rise in the
1: pop up shop, but I do think that big retail owners, um, into and Westfield and brands like that that own these very large shopping space, uh, shopping centers and retail spaces. Could be doing a lot more for independent brands through pop up shops, because I love a pop up shop. Where again, it's that treasure hunting thing. It's that finding something that somebody else doesn't have, that unique piece. And I think you know, um, the Lone Design Club, uh, they are doing the most incredible job for independent brands and pop up shops, and they have a really good online presence as well. But they do the best pop up shops all over london that have really unique and interesting pieces and it's fashion and beauty they've introduced me to some incredible beauty brands and they're doing really good things and i think a lot of these large kind of conglomerates that own westfield and into and places like that could be doing a lot more to push independent brands in pop-up shops because it would get people back into the shopping center that's a really good point what, what was that called sorry it's called Lone 11... Nine club Lone Design Club. It is L-O-N-E Design Club and they have just the most fabulous things because when you have brands like Marks & Spencer and Zara and H&M and all of these really huge brands, they have incredible web presence. They're in every Facebook advert. They're constantly advertising. They're constantly pushing towards you. So they've got great web presence. They've also got great retail presence. For the small independents, it's hard to break through that barrier of noise of these much larger brands in the online world. So that if we were able to give them a platform in real life for people to go in their store, I think people would, you know, go. It really would find these unique and interesting designers that you're not
0: getting to see. Yeah, because I think in a way we're sort of fatigued with a lot of, you know, the big brands. Um, It just feels generic and like, you know, because like you say, people like the treasure hunting aspect now because they're finding more things in different places online. So, you know, it would be more of a destination and that excitement and thrill of finding something really unique is a lot more exciting than buying the latest thing from m and or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's really interesting how it's going to change over the next few years. So I just wanted to, um, so you're sitting here in a fabulous white shirt with bows on it. And I love that. It's really cool. So I want to ask you about your personal style. So how would you describe your personal style? I'd like to first say, what what is your style story? So how has it evolved over the years?
1: So I think as a teen, which are your very kind of formative style years, I very much tried to conform to everybody else. I wanted to look like everybody else. I wanted to wear things that all my friends were wearing. And I don't think I was honest in myself in that that wasn't really my style. And it didn't really suit my body shape and it never really looked that great. And I should have just gone off and been my own wild, free, adventurous self. Because I think as I've got older, I've definitely learned that nobody cares what I am wearing because they're too busy caring about what they're wearing. I'm wondering about what my opinion of them is. And also, I think if somebody does think that my style is over the top or bonkers or too much or whatever it might be, I don't care. I'm not bothered what their opinion of my style is. They'll remember me and I'd rather be memorable than, you know, people just forgot who I was. But if I've worn something bonkers, the amount of times... like. If you ask my husband, my husband can tell you what we were wearing, what I was wearing the very first time we met. I had a pleated denim skirt on that was quite short. I was probably like 19, it's fine. Um, and I had knee-high boots on and a little jacket and a little t-shirt on underneath. But it was this pleated skirt and these boots. And he was like, I will never forget that skirt and boot combo. I'll get <laughs> was <laughs> so many years ago, but it was just like, it just struck me. You just came in in this like, little skirt with these boots on. And I was like, but the boots are quite a me thing. So I am a big shoe nerd. I have, oh, probably over 200 pairs of shoes. Amazing. Which is a lot. And I love a boot and I love a statement boot. I have a pair of thigh high silver. <gasps> shiny boots like metallic boots and i once wore them we went to um we went to see nile rogers and chic at the I own thing gym. and so i had a silver skirt on like a mini skirt and i had these thigh high boots on that you couldn't see the top of so you didn't know how long they were and then i had a christmas jumper on because it was christmas and we couldn't walk anywhere because every time we left our seats people stopped me to talk about these boots about the boots yeah my husband was just like Oh, my God, I didn't realise they were going to get quite that reaction. And I was like, I... Where are these fabulous boots from? Oh, my goodness. I don't even know. I think they're from eBay. I think they were an eBay per They're next level, these boots. And I think I am very much an introverted extrovert. So, I am not great in social situations where I don't know anyone. Mm-hmm. So, I will... So I can't network for the life in me because I just can't turn up and talk to people. (laughs) So I use fashion as a draw to bring people to me. So people will come and start a conversation with me about my outfit. And then they're talking to me in my safe space about my safe topic of fashion, which I know everything, which I know loads about and I love talking about. And so then I can talk to people. But I think... If I turned up to an event and I wore black trousers and a black top and I'd just stand in the corner and I would talk to no one and no one would talk to me and I'd be okay with that and that would be fine and then I'd go home. Whereas if I turn up in my usual kind of self of wearing something that's a bit different or a mad pair of boots or, you know, a shirt with bows all over it, somebody will talk to me about that and then I will feel comfortable having a brilliant conversation with them and finding out all about them and making some sort of connection. But I can't do that without fashion. Fashion is basically my gateway into being a functioning person. <laughs>
0: exactly good, mate. I love it because fashion is expressing yourself. It's it's talking without having to speak. So it's saying who you are without having to speak. And if I saw you at an event in the silver boots or the bow blouse you're wearing, I would make a beeline for you and, go and, and I'd want to go and talk to you. Because I think she looks interesting. I'd love to go and see what she has to say. You know, instead of people blending into the background, like you say, in there, you know, playing it safe, um, it can really draw people to you. Like you say, it, it's sort of your armor. Yeah, it is. It's completely. It's it's the armor that
1: I use, and it makes me feel comfortable. Which I know for a lot of people, they might think, oh my god, you wear something that really makes you stand out, and that makes you feel comfortable and like yeah because I don't want to hide I'm not hiding who I am I am as you say just telling people who I am without having to actually go over and tell them people then come and talk to me and I'm okay with that I'm great for people coming to talk to me but if I have to go over and talk to somebody else then I'm dying inside
0: yes that networking thing is awkward isn't it it's sort of an icebreaker you know, having wearing something a bit out there, it's like, but you know, an an icebreaker. So, you know, you wear bold, fairly bold clothes from what you've you've told me, and I know a lot of people wouldn't do that because maybe they don't want to draw attention to themselves. Perhaps they're not confident. Perhaps they they are in a place where they think they should dress a certain way, which is something I talk a lot about on the podcast because it holds people back and it means. That they beige themselves down in life, which is sad when they could be getting so much more joy and fun from their clothes. So, how would you? And you know, you don't obviously you don't have to dress in an out there way as well, but you obviously enjoy clothes. So, I also do this thing where it's good to sort of describe how you love to dress if you can using three words because it helps when you put outfits together to look in the mirror and say, okay, so does this outfit fit my three words? Does it feel like me? Am I expressing myself as I like to express myself? So if you had to, I'm putting you on the spot, Emma. (laughs) Sorry. If you had to choose three words that describe your style, what do you think they would be? Oh,
1: my goodness. The three that first come to mind are fun, edgy, which I'm not fond of as a word. And it's a word that clients will often give me. You go, oh, we want them to look edgy and i'm like Ooh. ew ick um, <laughs> i don't know why the word gives me the ick but i'm in there yeah that's kind of edgy um fun edgy and probably feminine i love anything that's got a big movement or a big drama to it if i put a dress on and the brand hasn't skimped in the skirt and the skirt's got a big swoosh within there, that is my thing I like things that have got that kind of feel to them that feel of movement and quite dramatic
0: <laughs> Dramat- the dra- so dramatic could be one of your words as well maybe a bit, a bit sort of you're on the sort of avant-garde side of dressing so you've got classic one side and then going towards a, a scale avant-garde on the other side so how is your your wardrobe is is your wardrobe organized or is it um, and decluttered or is it quite full up do you wear most of the things in your wardrobe so my wardrobe is packed
1: excessively packed there is a lot a lot going in there and I have a separate room where my shoes live and that has the less day-to-day stuff so um there tends to be like more gowns and evening wear and that kind of stuff in that room as well, shoes. Um, But my day-to-day wardrobe, everything is worn. I get rid of things a lot because I like to do vintage. And my thing with vintage is that I don't buy things on there unless I have money in my vintage account. So I will sell bits and pieces on there all the time. I'm regularly clearing out my wardrobe and going, right, I've not worn this for ages. I'm not going to wear it again. Let's get it on vintage because then I can swap it for something better because I'm going to swap it for something new, something interesting. And then I don't have that feel of, oh, I, you know, I'm wasteful. I'm buying loads of fast fashion. I kind of feel like I'm just swapping. I'm swapping things that I don't wear for swapping things that I do wear. Uh, But it's very organized. It's organized by uh type and color so uh it starts in green dresses of which there is an excessive amount because i love a green dress when people say like what's your signature style i think i wouldn't necessarily say it is but everybody who knows me would go it's a green dress (laughs) and that is a green dress yeah i can't stop buying them and i just love them and they're all slightly different and i love them all for different reasons there's a lot so i have dresses all in their colored groups and then i go into tops all in their colored groups and then trousers and then the blazers and things are in another room so it's all and then in my drawers everything's rolled because i'm i'm
0: a roller i love to roll i'm so impressed I mean, I've got ADHD, so my wardrobe is a terrible state. It's all over the place. But I go and I organise my clients' wardrobes. I have an assistant that comes with me, Emma, and she she does all the organising and she rolls as well. She rolls and she colour coordinates as well.
1: Yeah, it's just a very satisfying way to get dressed, I feel, because I never... For me, getting dressed in the morning is really important. So if I know that I'm up and out early or I'm doing some something really specific I get dressed the day before in that I pick what I'm going to wear and I leave it out and it's all ready to go the next morning because I have a dog I have a 10 year old there's always carnage first thing in the morning of you know walking the dog and feeding the dog and getting to school and making sure that we've got the guitar and the swimming stuff and the PE kit and everything else so it's always a bit mad so I like to plan the night before what I'm going to wear but whether I do it the night before or whether I do it in the morning getting dressed I view is an act of self-care. It's five minutes that I spend in the day thinking just about me. It's just about me. Nobody else. It's not about anybody else. It's not about what does my husband need or what does my son need or what does that client need or you know what do I need to do to be a good friend or a good family member or a good neighbor or whatever it might be. It's five minutes guaranteed every single day that is only about me and I think particularly as women and you know women with children and families and husbands and busy professionals we spend so little time in our day thinking of ourselves and of ourselves only because even when it comes down to meals I don't think at like tea time or at dinner time oh what am I going to cook that I really want to eat it's like, no, what am I going to cook that's quick, that, you know, my son's going to eat, that we've got the stuff involved, mm. but everything's about somebody else in some sort of way. Whereas getting dressed, that's purely my time about me. What do I want to put on that when I catch a little glimpse of myself in the mirror later on, I'm going to be buzzed. I'm going to be like, oh my God, look at me in my bow shirt. I look amazing. Yes. The nature of feel good. Yeah, it's what I'm after. Every single day, I just want to look in the mirror and go, yep. Yeah. I love, this is great I love this outfit I love this outfit and even if I look tired or I don't feel well or whatever's wrong with me I'm not having the best day if I love my outfit that's gonna lift me and I will go get changed if I'm having a really bad day the first thing I'll do is I'll just go get changed I'll yeah get changed and put something else on but I'm like I love that that's really fun and I love wearing that and it might be silly and it might be over the top but I'm still gonna
0: wear it because that's gonna make me feel great Life is demanding and tough. So why not have some fun with the fashion and enjoy what you wear? It's been absolutely fascinating talking to you today, Emma. Thank you so much for sharing your style story. I think just to end, you know, what you've said, everyone is in their own orbit. So don't worry about what other people think. Be joyful, be brave, have fun with your wardrobe because it can, it just can put a spring in your step and a bounce in your day that's it
1: fashion it's not supposed to be stressful it's not supposed to be comparative you're not supposed to be thinking about anyone else just have fun with it and wear things that you love
0: that's all that's important yeah and work out what that is and enjoy it brilliant thank you emma thanks so much for coming on the star stories podcast it's been lovely to chat to you thank you
1: so much for having me
0: Thank you so much to Emma for joining me on the podcast. She is the host, as I mentioned, of Off The Hangar podcast. A really good place to listen and watch that podcast is over on YouTube because she asks her guests lots of style questions and they show their favourite pieces in their wardrobes. It's quite a visual podcast. So check out Off The Hangar over on YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. If you are enjoying the Style Stories podcast, please hit the follow button or subscribe and leave me a review. And I'll see you next time.